0: Well, but it's not a normal week because we have our friend Devin speaking today and uh, with a word on friendship that mm-hmm. I got to hear in the first hour and was super encouraged and a little bit convicted. And um, Me too. Yeah, good. You're <laughs> convicted by your own word. I that's, am. That's a good word right there. <laughs> so Lord, we just thank you for Devin and thank you for what you have taught him and his willingness to be vulnerable and share that with, it, with us as his church family. Would you bless him? As he shares, and would you be speaking to us? God, thank you that you uh, can give a word to a whole congregation and yet speak to us as individuals. So we just posture ourselves in a place to receive from you this morning. In your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Amy. Well, good morning, everyone. And good morning to those on the stream. I do think that uh, God is up to something. Um, I think it's fascinating that several days ago, uh, Mike Wadlow was gardening, and God said to him, hey, now is the time to go after the one. And then three days ago, uh, as I was working on and putting together uh, my message for today, I had a dream. And when I woke up from the dream, I realized I had to change everything I was going to do. <laughs> so um, I woke up from this dream with this picture in my head. Um Now in 2003, Peter Jackson released uh, the third film in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, It won Best Picture that year, and uh, this uh, scene comes from the, the last part of the film. And a little bit of context here, in case you haven't seen it, um, these two fellows you're looking at, the one being carried, is um, uh, named Frodo Baggins, and the man carrying him is named Samwise Gamgee. And the two of them have been on a quest that has been Well, difficult would be an incredible understatement, shall we say. They've had to walk uh, hundreds of miles. They've been chased by orcs trying to kill them. Uh, Frodo got stabbed by like a 20-foot troll. Uh, uh, Then he was betrayed by a good friend. Then he fought like a, you know, 15-foot spider. I mean, it's been a very difficult time. And, um, And at this point, they're now hiking up a volcano because Cause, you know, that seemed like an easy way to end the journey. And, um, and Frodo uh, has been tasked with destroying this little ring. It's called the ring of power. And uh, it's basically the essence of evil. <laughs> and And he's been charged with having to carry this essence of evil up a volcano and throw it away. But, but the challenge is that uh, you can't carry evil and not be affected by it. And so it has just absolutely crushed his soul to to the point um, at, at this scene where he feels as if darkness is just completely closed in around him and he can't even remember what the good things in life are. He can't even remember what he's on this journey for. So um, uh, I want to show a, a two-minute clip um, uh, of this scene where you'll see this picture um, because I think it's a, a beautiful illustration of what true friendship looks like. And aren't you glad uh, you don't have to hike up a volcano carrying the essence of evil? It looks uh, difficult. So, so um, I don't know if any of you have ever felt like Frodo here uh, where you've maybe been through a season in your life that was challenging beyond your ability to bear, where uh, not only can you are you struggling to get out of bed, but you can't even pray. Maybe you can't even muster up the strength to call someone for prayer. Maybe you were going through a divorce, or you lost a child, or uh, uh, the IRS is taking everything away. I, I mean, uh, you got a terminal diagnosis, whatever it might be, all of us, Um, at some point in our life, generally face seasons that are beyond our ability to bear on our own. And in those seasons, it is so important that we have friends, real friends, who like Sam can carry us in those moments. Um, And I'm sure that uh, all of us have maybe had times where we're like Sam, where we have a friend, who's in one of those positions. And when we look at them, we see that they, they can't do it on their own. They need help. Um, this is just the way life goes uh, at times. And this is why friendship, I think, is so critical. And I think that this is something that the Lord is wanting to say to us uniquely in this season, that it is time to renew rebuild, restore friendships. I don't know what lies in the future for us politically or spiritually or economically, uh, uh, but I do know that whatever is coming in the future, it's going to be better if we're not doing it alone, if we have friends that we can uh, go through that with. So um, in my life, I've had a number of Samwise Gamge's, shall we say. Um, each of the, the faces on this slide have been life-saving to me um, at various times, whether it was through times of great trauma or depression or addiction. Or loss. Um, you know, I've, I've walked through some hard times, and uh, if it weren't for these men, I would not be standing here. And, um, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention my best friend, my wife, Stephanie. Um, you know, she's, uh, she's gotten to see the good, bad, and the ugly uh, for me in, in all seasons. And um, so I'm so thankful for the gift of marriage. And r- real quickly, I just want to say, if you are married, would you please make it your mission to, to fight for that friendship, that your marriage is not just you doing life in proximity to another person, but if God has put you together with this person, make that person your best friend. I mean, you're going to be miserable otherwise, so it's, you know, it, it's, it's, in your, it's in your best interest to do so. So um, right now we're in this sermon series, Lessons from Three Kings, and um, uh, we're we're going through the book of Proverbs at the moment, and um, after I had this dream and I woke up with that image of Sam and Frodo in my mind, uh, uh, I also uh, came with a verse when I woke up, and it was Proverbs 17, 17, which says, "...a friend loves at all times." and a brother is born for adversity. Um, And then a, a chapter later, Proverbs says, one who has an unreliable friend soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And the fact is, all of us face times of adversity, and we need friends that are that are not acquaintances, you know, friends that are real friends that will hike up the volcano with you, that will carry your lame body, you know, up the volcano when needed. Um, so with that too, uh, this is what the Bible has to say, but, but I found some other uh, quotes on friendship uh, of a more uh, modern nature. Shakespeare says this, A friend is one that knows you as you are, understands where you have been, accepts what you have become, and still gently allows you to grow. And sometimes good friends may be a little less than gentle when needed, and praise God for that. Um, Aristotle says, wishing to be friends is quick work, but friendship is a slow, ripening fruit. You can't make old friends quickly. In other words, it takes a long time to grow an old friend. Uh, John Curtin Churton Collins says, in prosperity, our friends know us. In adversity, we know our friends. And um, uh, maybe my favorite just because it's a little fun. There's nothing better than a friend unless it's a friend with chocolate. Uh, you know, it's like a friend plus one. Uh, friend, friend plus chocolate. So I think all of us hopefully would um, think back in our lives of of difficult seasons we've gone through and how critical and essential it was that we had good friends going through that time. But we have some challenges to this uh, in America and especially right now in the modern uh, time. So first... Let me just say, I love my country. I'm a patriot. My family has actually been here since 1630. Uh, uh, So, you know, God bless America, land that I love. Um, However, however, uh, no culture is perfect. And some of the strengths of our culture come along with some weaknesses. So strengths such as uh, personal achievement and meritocracy and self-reliance uh, can, can also bleed over, I think, into making us more independent than is healthy for us. And that can make it difficult for us to, to create really strong bonds and relationships, because we're so used to wanting to, you know, pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, so to speak. When I was at Chico State, um, I got a a graduate degree in teaching uh, English to speakers of other languages, and I asked some of my colleagues who had come over from uh, China and Saudi Arabia and uh, Yemen... Um, what their experience was like living in America and, and what their take on American culture was and, and what they liked and didn't like so much. And they noted that um, uh, they really appreciated the freedoms that we have here. Uh, freedoms that they didn't have in their own country. But one thing they said that was different and was particularly challenging was it was really difficult, they said, to get to know Americans in a, in a more than surface level. They said that it seemed as if Americans were very polite and that we smiled a lot and that we were very friendly, but they weren't invited over to homes of, uh, you know, um, their hosts. Well, you know, a lot of them had host families, but others didn't, and you know, I think that only one of them had had dinner with an American uh, prior to us getting together. And, and then my wife and I had a bunch of them over to our house and said, hey, come hang out with us and play games. But, but it was striking to me to see that it seemed as if from an outsider's perspective, American culture was hard to penetrate on a friendship level, on a deep level. Um, One of the other challenges that I think we have right now in terms of building deep, life-giving, rich friendships has been the increasing prevalence of social media. Um, It's become very easy for us, I think, to deceive ourselves that digital interaction is equivalent to -to face-to-face interaction. And frankly, it's just not. Uh, If you are going through a really challenging time and you're hurting and you put on your Facebook wall, I'm going through X, Y, Z, you know, please pray for me. And then you look on there a couple hours later and there's a bunch of care emojis or, you know, heart emojis and there's some comments of people saying, I'm praying for you. Compare that with you call your good friend on the phone. You lay out to them exactly what you're going through. And then they're able to encourage you and bless you and pray with you. I mean, think about right the difference in, in life-giving relationship that's created between some Facebook posts and, and that sort of a phone call. So we can't trade uh, digital inter- 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 face-to-face interaction rather for digital interaction. We have to prioritize face-to-face interactions. Thirdly, and this is more unique to uh, where we are immediately, is the COVID pandemic has, I think, made things difficult. And and understandably so. As um, uh, uh, Pastor Andrew was sharing earlier, we do want to be wise and respectful and prudent in terms of Uh, taking care of our brothers and sisters and understanding that viruses are real and the COVID virus really uh, is very harmful. Um, uh, And so we need to take steps so as to mitigate the possibility of us harming one another. However, I think that we do ourselves and others a disservice if for the sake of physical health, we sacrifice relational health. In other words, right? If your physical body is good, but, but you're dying on the inside emotionally, that's not a good trade. So we have to make sure that we find ways and find times to not allow COVID to separate us from life-giving friendships. We have to continue to make friendships a priority even now. Fourth... And God, would this change in Jesus' name, and would this especially change here in Neighborhood Church. But our current climate of cultural polarization, I've noticed, has also made friendships more difficult. And I've seen it actually break friendships apart. People that were friends who, you know, in the 2016 election, one person said, we absolutely need Donald Trump. And another person said, we absolutely should not you know advance Donald Trump and and it seemed as if there were folks that were so unable to listen to each other that 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 relationships broke apart. Um, and that's a tragedy. The fact is, Jesus loves people who love Donald Trump, and Jesus loves people who do not love Donald Trump. So if Jesus loves us, regardless of our political convictions, how dare we say, I'm not going to make space to love you because your political convictions differ from mine. That is not the way of Christ. And so may that not be in any of our hearts, I pray, in this church. Fifth, and and this is the one that's most difficult for me to overcome, at least at this point is busyness. Now, maybe it's just because I'm in my early 30s, but uh, well, more mid-30s now. I guess I'm getting older. But um, um, uh, I do talk to folks who are retired that tell me they're even busier in retirement than they were before. So maybe it's not just me. Um, But I feel like my time so often is, is overwhelmed with work deadlines and needing to pay bills and you know kids extracurricular activities and parenting and the laundry is just never done. I mean I don't I don't know how you all do your laundry and we always have laundry in our household but we're working on it. We'll get there. (laughs) Uh, uh, So it can be a challenge to find the time to prioritize friendships and relationships I was really encouraged, though. Um, between services, um, uh, one of my good friends told me her husband is really good at this, and uh, he does all of his chores and his honeydew do list early Saturday morning, so he can take all Saturday and be intentional and have time with friends. And I thought that was beautiful. And so, Lord h- help me wake up early on a Saturday morning so I can do that too. <laughs> um, but but busyness is a challenge for creating this. So um, uh, I do have a couple big questions for us then. Number one, be honest with yourself. If you had to, you know, grade yourself on a scale of one to ten, ten being you're doing, you, friendships and relationships are a central component of your life, and you don't even know how you could improve upon it. And, you know, a one being, you haven't seen any of your friends in five years, right? Like, like where do you fall on that scale? At, at what level are your relationships and friendships a priority in your life right now? Secondly, then, are you willing to miss out on one of God's greatest gifts? Um, I hope not. And I, I would also say that whatever the future has in store, we will need our friends. We cannot afford to let this go by the wayside. And so are you willing to change? I hope you will join me. This whole message, by the way, will not the whole, but a lot of it, is me preaching to myself. So thank you for being my therapy session this morning. Um, You know, and and I'm committed to changing and doing better on this. And so I hope that you all might join me in that commitment because I think we'll be the better for it. So how do we do this? Well, uh, I'm a big fan of Jesus. So that's always where I start. Um, I want to look at what does Jesus say About friendships and what does this look like? And how did he live it out? So uh, he says in John 15, This is my commandment, that you love one another. Oh, there's a typo. Man, frustrating when you find those that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer. Because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And look just for a moment at what's bolded there, right? That we ought to, when we think about friendship, be loving one another as Jesus has loved us. That we ought to do what Jesus commanded us, which is, C point one, love one another. <laughs> um, and, and here's maybe my favorite part of this. Jesus says to each one of us, I have called you friends. When Jesus sees you, he says you are his friend. That's how Jesus thinks about you. Even if you, let's say, have denied him like Peter did. Even if you have murdered somebody like David did. Even if you have abused somebody like David did. Even if you are living in compromise like Samson did. The Bible is filled with instance after instance after instance, that God says, I know your weakness. I'm not afraid of your weakness. I knew what I was getting into when I called you. And Jesus says, I have chosen you. And in uh, uh, Isaiah, he says that he has called us by name. So Jesus is your friend. Wherever you are right now, whatever you feel right now, whether you felt like he's close to you, whether you felt like he's far from you, when Jesus looks at you, he loves you. And he says, you are his friend. In practical steps, what does Jesus do? Well, on the next slide here, Jesus, like Mike said, leaves the 99 to go after the one. He's not afraid of our failures, like I was just noting. And maybe one of my favorite things about Jesus's friendship to us in our lives is that he saves us from our sin. Now, I don't just mean that he saves us from the penalty of our sin. I think a lot of us, you know, we get that. Okay, Jesus died for my sins on the cross and uh, and I'm forgiven. And and so therefore, when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. But he does more for us than that. You know, when we live in compromise or when we sin, He doesn't have to punish us anymore. Sin is self-destructive in its very essence. When you see a drug addict, right, they don't need any additional judgment or condemnation. Their addiction is judgment enough. That sin is destroying their life. And so whatever it is that we look at in our lives and we go, oh my goodness, this is breaking me and it's breaking those around me. Jesus is a good enough friend to us that he does not leave us there. Jesus cares enough about you that he will not let you destroy your life when he has chosen you to be his. And so that is a beautiful friendship. And I hope that we would live in that same way towards others. If you have a friend who is struggling or living in compromise or, or whatever it might be, what they need is for you to love them like Jesus, they don't need you to be a Pharisee in their life. I have friends that you saw on that slide who have done an amazing job of loving me like Jesus, and it's one of the most healing and life-giving things you can do. And and you know what's also great is when you're loved that way by someone, um, it creates it creates an intimacy that that you can't you can't manufacture. Um, And I have friendships for life now because people have loved me like Jesus. Um, He heals our wounds and he never leaves us or forsakes us. Um, Anyway, Jesus is amazing. He truly is our perfect friend. So for us though, in terms of some application here, uh, there are three big things that I hope that we will do to make a culture of friendship manifest here in Neighborhood Church and in Chico? Number one, I hope that we will really, really see that Jesus is our best friend and that we will then make him our number one friend. What does it take to build a friendship? It takes talking. It takes being honest and vulnerable. It takes um, spending time with them. It takes serving. It takes doing things together. And I hope that we will take Jesus up on the offer and and make him our friend. So I hope that we will trust him and commit our life to him. You know, Jesus is risen. If there's anyone here that uh, uh, is not a Christian, there's very good evidence that God exists and that God raised Jesus from the dead. And Jesus is alive right now. And he wants nothing more than for you to commit your life to him. So if you're not a follower of Jesus, you are safe to commit your life to the one person who has overcome death. No one else has been able to pull that off, but Jesus, he's worth committing your life to. Then for all of us, I hope that we will begin to spend time with him. And this is more than just a 30-minute quiet time in the morning. When you're driving uh, and someone cuts you off, instead of you know um, using colorful language. We can, you, you, can, you can vent to Jesus, and I bet what'll happen, right, is if you're like, Jesus, can you believe, da-da-da-da-da, very quickly, I think you'll actually end up finding yourself praying for them. You can only vent about them to Jesus for so long before you'll find your own heart getting in alignment with Jesus's heart, and all of a sudden, you're blessing the person that just cut you off and praying that they get home safely. Um, so, go through your whole day talking to him. when If you get an email at work and the email is just the worst news or, oh my goodness, you're going to have to spend an extra two hours doing a case or, oh man, I hate when this happens. You're working on a, a project and the computer crashes and you didn't save it and you're like, oh, that's a great time to go, Lord, I commit this to you. Help me, <laughs> you know, and he will meet you there. Um, So uh, listen to him Um, when you read your Bible read it read it with a with a a heart of openness of just saying God would you speak to me from your word and don't be afraid of your Bible. wherever you are in your walk, uh, whether you feel like you're doing really well with the Lord or you feel like you're not doing as well with the Lord, you never need to be afraid of the Bible. The Bible is a book of life that will bring life to you. And so I hope that if you find yourself struggling, understand there is comfort for you in the word. Um, If you are a son of God, the Bible does not condemn you. The Bible is a comfort to you. Um, and I hope that we will follow him. All right, so Jesus is number one. Make him your best friend. Secondly, in order for us to make friendships a central part of our lives, we need to commit. I mean, really commit. Don't just be like, oh, it's a great word, Devin. Yes, okay, I'll try harder. Peace. You know, we need to commit to overcoming some of these challenges because the fact is, there are challenges to building the kinds of friendships that God wants us to have. And we have to be intentional if we are going to live into and walk into those kinds of friendships. So, number one, please understand that, yes, it's beautiful to be able to take care of yourself. You know, we don't want to, you know, mooch on others. We, we want to be able to provide for ourselves and provide for others. And I think that's a beautiful value that we have in America. But... We need each other and uh, we have to realize this American spirit of independence is not a Christian spirit. Um, Christ says that we are a body, that we are joined together and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. So I don't care how talented you are, how wealthy you are, how educated you are. You cannot do what you are meant to do on your own. You need to have life-giving and rich friendships around you. So uh, reject the false spirit of self-reliance and independence. Secondly, I would encourage you um, try to commit to at least spending as much time with friends face-to-face as you do on social media. If you are spending an average of half an hour on Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or whatever your social media of choice is, and so you're going, okay, I'm spending at least two and a half hours a week on social media, Commit to spending at least two and a half hours a week in friendships uh, face-to-face with others. Whether that's going to lunch, you know, doing a, a work lunch in the middle of the day. Well, not a, a work lunch necessarily, but taking a lunch, right? Or, um, uh, or whether that's getting together with friends on a Saturday. Or whether that's getting together in the evening. Um, find ways to spend face-to-face time with your friends. Third, um, Don't let COVID put you in a place of unhealthy isolation. There's a difference between being prudent and responsible and being controlled by fear so that you lose relationship. And don't don't confuse the two. Don't allow COVID to isolate you. Fourth, if when I shared about that political thing, if, if there's anything in your heart where you really find yourself... At odds with uh, folks of a different political opinion than you, or maybe a different opinion about the vaccine than you, either for or against, um, please recognize that, repent for that, and ask God to overcome that in you, because God loves the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. God loves Republicans and Democrats, and so should we. Um, uh, fifth here, uh, ask God for strategies on how you can reduce busyness. I love the idea that um, uh, was shared with me between services of getting your chores done early on a Saturday so you can have the rest of the day for friends. I thought that was a great idea. Maybe God has other ideas that are unique to your situation for how you can reduce busyness in your life so you have more time to build and enjoy rich friendships. Third, be a faithful friend. And this is somewhat connected to the previous one, but enjoy regular fellowship. Sundays doesn't, you know, hearing a message doesn't count as fellowship. This is me talking at you, you know, and uh, most friendships aren't composed of just someone talking at another person, right? So we need time of fellowship together. Um, Here's another one. If you look in your life and go, okay, Devin, I really want these friendships you're talking about, but I don't, I just don't have close friends. I've never been good at making close friends. I'm an introvert, Devin. I I don't know like how to walk in that. Here's the number one way I would suggest beyond Jesus that you can begin to create and build intimate friendships and that is being vulnerable and honest with your weaknesses with, with others. There's, there's such a deep intimacy that is created when you open yourself up and go, this is who I am and this is what I'm dealing with and this is what I'm thinking. And is that okay? You know, type of thing. And, and someone else going, I see you, I know you, and I love you. There's a safety and an intimacy that's created there. Ask for prayer and pray for others. Bless others with your gifts, your time, your talents, your resources. There are um, people in this church that have recently been amazing friends to me out of nowhere. One person is helping us do a uh, mass replacement of a a really big appliance in our home that my wife has been wanting me to get fixed for a long time. So thank God for this friend in our body. Um, Another person is helping us redo our backyard uh, that was unexpected and you have no idea how life-giving it is to be able to receive being just loved and blessed by others. And so if you have the means to help someone, if God puts someone on your mind, reach out to them and bless them. You know, um, even a cup of cold water right? Given in Christ's name will not be overlooked. Don't overlook the opportunity to bless someone or help someone. Odds are you'll probably feel even better about it than than they do. Um, And don't expect anything in return when you're giving. So uh, that being said, I want to close with this, Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. There will be times in your life where adversity comes again. Maybe you're in one of those times now. And what you need is to not go through that alone. You need rich friendships in your life. You cannot afford to not make friendships a priority. So Father, would you please open our eyes uh, and would you please build the most beautiful intimate friendships and relationships in church today. Lord, I pray that you would put names on our minds, God, that even as we sit here, um, Lord, that you would remind us of friends from the past that we've lost touch with and that we need to reach out to. That you would remind us of uh, people we've lost touch with during COVID. That you would remind us of good friends that we have that we maybe haven't spoken to in too long. And Lord, today, I ask that you would begin to rebuild, restore, renew rich friendships, that this place, this house, would be a place of intimacy and joy and relationship in Jesus' name. Um, That being said, if everyone uh, wants to stand, we'll uh, uh, be closing up here. And if you need any prayer, feel free to come on down to the front prayer team if uh, you'd be willing to come down. Uh, If you even want prayer for more friendships or richer friendships or openness or help, please come uh, receive prayer. Uh, We would love to pray with you and for you. Thank you so much and see you next week.